welcome to Create Shift, a podcast to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. I'm your host, Ellen of Being Change. I'm a yoga teacher, writer, and purposeful and holistic living advocate based in Manchester, UK. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. joining me for the first ever episode of Create Shift and today's episode is a solo episode. I want to talk to you about defining what a purposeful and holistic life is for you and how the only thing that matters is how your life feels to you from the inside and I know that that's advice that we hear in different format all the time and I think it's one of the hardest things to learn and one of the hardest things to then remember and put into practice. So you heard me introduce myself in the introduction there to the podcast and I introduce myself as a yoga teacher, writer and purposeful and holistic living advocate, which is true, that's what I am. But if I had been recording this podcast maybe three or four days ago, just that short amount of time, I would have introduced myself differently and I would have said that I was a purposeful and holistic living coach, a writer and a yoga teacher. And so today I want to dig into that a little bit and the reasons behind why the way that I'm introducing myself has changed and how that relates to what I just said about how the only thing that matters is how your life feels to you from the inside. So I've spent like the whole of 2018 basically and a little bit of 2017 as well working to develop, understand and grow my business being changed. It started out as a blog tracking my happiness project that I did in 2017 and and then I decided over the course of doing that that I wanted to make it something more, I thought there was something more there. I did my yoga teacher training in 2017 and I sort of did a lot of work and thinking about what I wanted my life to look like, how I wanted it to feel, how I wanted to make changes to it to make it more purposeful and holistic for me. So over the course of this year, 2018, I was kind of thinking about what services I wanted to offer to people and how I wanted to yet to be of service and I decided that coaching was the way I wanted to go and the way that I felt I should go and so I spent a lot of time developing a coaching package that incorporated yoga into the coaching process but then whenever it came to time to launch my services I always pushed the deadline back there was always something getting in the way something that didn't feel right something that I needed to work more on so I always kind of thought, right, okay, no, I need to push it back, push it back, push it back. And I want to pause here for a minute and break down that should that I just said. So I said that I felt that coaching was the way I should go. And that is quite interesting to me, I think, whenever we say the word should, whenever we feel like we should be doing something, I always think that's an interesting thing to consider. So 
why was it that I felt that coaching was the way I should go? And I think that the reason behind that, I think there's three, and I think one of them is money, one of them has to do with comparison, and then the other one has to do with self-doubt. So um, just three small reasons, yeah? <laughs> no, they're totally massive things, aren't they, that crop up all the time as reasons to kind of reasons behind our behaviour I guess I was going to say reasons to not do something but I, I think there are also reasons to do something but maybe that's something that we didn't necessarily want to do or whatever they're very very complex things so on the money front when I was thinking about my business being changed what I wanted it to be and everything I obviously always knew that I needed it to make me a good income to be sustainable and that's because I want to eventually be fully self-employed and that's that's something I'm sure about. I, I know that that has come from within me, that's something I've, I've thought for a long, long time. Um, in fact, as a side note, a little bit more info about me, I remember when I was really, really small, I had maybe six or seven really young and I remember talking to my mum about people going to work and I remember I must have been exposed to some adult or other moaning about their work and I, I remember thinking everybody seemed to dislike what they did and I remember saying to her why do people do things that they don't want to do for work it doesn't make any sense and she kind of tried to explain I guess and I said that I was never going to do that, that I was never going to do a job that I didn't want to do and I remember saying that I was never going to work in a boring office job. I have done both of those things <laughs> um, but it's always been within me I think to want to go my own way when it comes to work. So I know that I want my business to be a source of income for me and be a good source of income for me and over this past year I have been teaching yoga, so like I said, I did my yoga teacher training in 2017 and I qualified in June of that year. And and then I moved to Manchester, so I wasn't living in Manchester uh, at that time. I was living in Brighton, down in the south of England. And so in July of that year, I moved up to Manchester. So I started teaching yoga here in Manchester, so I'd moved to somewhere new and I was trying to start this new thing as well. So I found a, a small little gym near where I'm living at the moment and I started teaching some classes there. And my experience since starting that in, I think, October of 2017 to now hasn't been totally great. I've really enjoyed teaching the classes, but it's not been a great experience in terms of giving me what I need financially. And I know that, obviously, financial reasons is not the only reasons you teach yoga, 100% agree with that, but also we do need to live and we do need money to do that in our society. So I then sort of jumped in my brain to like, okay, this is not working. What do I want my life to be looking like, you know, as opposed to walking somewhere to teach maybe one person or no people for not very much. How can I change that around? What do I want it to look like instead? And started thinking about what I, I thought an ideal working week might be for me, what it might look like in terms of hours, and also thinking about the amount of money that I would need to make for the kind of life that I want to lead. And so that's where coaching came into it. 
that's how I got to it. I thought, right, okay, I want to set up a coaching practice. And it wasn't just from the financial aspect. I do really want to help and support people to live their most purposeful and holistic lives and to live an embodied life and connect to their bodies. And that's that's where the idea for my coaching practice and offering was born. It was going to marry life coaching to support people to find out what their most purposeful and holistic life was with a yoga practice. And then... In terms of comparison and how that showed up in my decision to feel like coaching was the way I should go, I think I had seen a lot of people that I was following on social media, um, maybe that I listened to on podcasts and all, all that kind of thing, have really successful careers and lives as coaches. And my life didn't look like that. And I think I thought I wanted it to look like that. And in some ways I did, like I want the, the freedom, the flexibility, the finances that were going to come with that, and all of that sort of thing. Um, but so I was comparing what I had currently, what I have currently, with what they have now, which, as we know, is probably never a good way forward. You never compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. It's that top piece of advice, again. And then the self-doubt and how that showed up. Was that, I mean, I'd basically... In thinking about becoming a coach and, and sort of jumping on that bandwagon sort of thing of, oh, well, this is what I'm going to offer and this is how it's going to go now, I was really ignoring my training as a yoga teacher, my passion for yoga and for everything that it can do for us and for working with the body and helping people connect with their bodies and my skills. And I've been asking myself why... I might have been ignoring that and kind of pushing it aside. And I think it has to do with fear of failure, as so many things do, don't they? And a lack of confidence in my own abilities. And I think there was probably a little bit of, oh, well, there's so many yoga teachers. How am I going to make this successful? But it's not like there aren't loads of coaches either. So I think it's definitely stemmed from a fear of failure. That's something that I really cared about and I'm good at. But then... What changed everything recently was listening to an episode of a podcast and that was Lucy Lucraft's podcast called What She Said and it was an episode with Sass Patrick and Sass is a coach, she works with humans with self-doubt so I should probably work with her, shouldn't I, really, to deal with this self-doubt stuff um, but no, Sass is a really great coach and Sass and Lucy had a conversation about the ethics of coaching and that conversation is really, really interesting for anyone who's thinking about working with a coach or becoming a coach. I really recommend it. And I'll link to it in the show notes so that you can have a listen if you want to. But that conversation awakened something in me that I had been trying to ignore. And in fact, I was even a little bit scared to listen to that episode of the podcast because I knew it was going to do that. And that thing was that... I'm not trained to be a coach. And you don't have to be trained to be a coach, by the way. It's unregulated. And there's a lot of conversation around whether you should or shouldn't train. And I had convinced myself that I didn't need to train. And, you know, maybe part of my thinking around now, thinking actually if I do want to coach, I would have to train, has to do with that fear and that self-doubt and that lack of confidence in my own abilities. But... I don't think so. I think there's something stronger. I, I know there's something stronger than that 
guiding this decision within me. So after listening to that conversation and thinking it through a bit, I I just sort of realised, obviously, that I'm not trained to be a coach. Yeah. And if I did want to coach, then I would have to train. And then I thought, okay, well, I need to, A, make some money first, even if I do want to train to be a coach, I need to be able to afford to do that. And, you know, B, I need to, I want to start offering some services to people now. And so I sat down with my notebook and I was like, okay, I'm not trained to be a coach. Well, what am I, am I qualified to do? And I was like, well, I'm a yoga teacher, obviously, duh. Um, I've done 200 hours of training, I've done further training, there's more trainings that I'm really excited to hopefully do next year and I'm always reading about it and I'm always practicing and I'm always learning about the body and stuff, I'm a total anatomy geek, um, that's what I can do. So I realised that what had happened really was that I'd spent a lot of time of this year and last year releasing certain shoulds that I was carrying around and living my life by only to replace them with others and I think that this is something that can be a danger for us when we start on our path of making changes in our lives to create a more purposeful and holistic life a life that feels better for us I think the danger can be is that we let go of some big shoulds from mainstream society I'm using a lot of air quotes here by the way um, you know, shoulds like, oh, we should work Monday to Friday, nine to five, or we should have children, or we should buy X new item, piece of technology or whatever. We should go out on a Friday night and get totally wasted. And great, we spend loads of time working our way through those things, questioning, you know, I've unraveled so many things like that over the past couple of years and it's felt great and really really powerful and important and really brilliant work to do but I've only recently realised that I have then replaced those shoulds with some other shoulds I think and I think that these shoulds can be harder to identify because they might look like the life that we want to create and the life that we want to lead and they might even feel good up to a point but when we actually feel really deep into it they aren't really what we want. And that's exactly how it went with me with the thinking about coaching. And, you know, it wasn't like anybody said to me, oh, you should do coaching, it's definitely what you should do. It was just that it seemed to be the path that would get me the most freedom, the most financial gain, and I got that message from, as I said before, comparing myself to other people in that field and sort of idolising their lives in a way. And so, yeah, I think that's a danger because you see things on social media, on blogs, you hear people talking on podcasts about their dreamy daytime routine, their dreamy work life, their schedule and all of that. And you see images as well. Instagram is particularly powerful for that because there's some beautiful images, aren't there, of lovely lives that people are leading. Um, And I think that's wonderful when it can inspire something within us but it's very easy to use those things to replace the image of life that we have had from all of those more mainstream shirts with this new image of life without diving deep into ourselves and really doing the work on kind of what we want as an individual and what our most purposeful and holistic life looks like. The other thing that I thought was 
those people that I was looking up to who are coaching or in that field and living these lives, it's actually probably not what they're doing that's made them a success, that's made that a success for them, but the fact that they're being true to themselves and how that they want to live in the world. And I think that's the key thing. So I want to leave you today with, with this that nobody can tell you how to live your most purposeful and holistic life. That has to come from you. I'm going to say again what I said at the beginning. The only thing that matters is how your life feels to you from the inside. And I could smack myself on the head with something imprinted with that so that it came like imprinted on my head. That was a really weird weird thing to say you know what I mean though I, I I mean I have been hearing that for so long and I only realized it three days ago so give yourself a break if you have been hearing that message loads and you're listening to it again now and going oh god yeah I'm not doing that whatever it's so tough so yeah I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that I think might help us to to do that, to connect to what feels good for us and to let go of any shoulds that we might be feeling, if, uh, we might be following, not feeling, not filling, but following. <laughs> so, you know, absolutely listen to podcasts like this one. Please listen. I hope you do. I hope this doesn't make you just go, well, scrap that. I'm not going to listen to her anymore. Um, no, listen to podcasts like this one. I've got some really great guests speaking this season about kind of what they're doing and what their most purposeful and holistic life looks like and it's really interesting to obviously broaden our ideas for what life can be read articles read blogs follow people on social media do all of that but I think if we do it all with a filter with kind of a net um and when I was thinking about this I thought about Judith Hanson Lasseter, who is a yoga teacher, and she's written a book called Living Your Yoga. And in that, she says this. I'm just going to read to you from here for a moment. She says, I suggest to my students that when they study with a yoga teacher, including me, they imagine taking an invisible, finely woven net to class. I counsel them to let only those things pass through the net that are life-affirming. So I was reminded of that and I think that's something, a practice that we can put in place in our lives when we're consuming this kind of content and when we're working to create changes in our lives. But in order for this kind of process to work, obviously, we need to know what is life-affirming for us. And we need to have some idea of what a purposeful and holistic life feels like and looks like for us. And so some tools that maybe we can use to do this well one tool really a really key tool is to connect to our values and I know that's a massive thing but to me to me holistic living means being part of a whole it means feeling connected to a whole sort of thing as a person connected to ourselves our mind our body our breath our spirit, our soul, all of those things. 
and then as an individual on a wider level being connected to other people around us, the people we're in relationship with, and then feeling connected and part of the wider whole of nature and living seasonally and all of that sort of thing. That's how I take holistic to mean. The purposeful, you might hear that and think, oh, it means I've got to have a life's purpose, and that's not helpful, I don't think, a lot of the time. And I don't think it's true that purposeful needs to mean having a purpose. To me, purposeful means being guided by our core values and letting those be our compass through which we navigate our lives. And I think that if we couple this with being connected to our bodies, then we'll really be onto something that's going to help us. I'm not saying it works all the time, because look at me, here I am talking to you about how I realise that I've been spending a good amount of the year not really connected to to what's going to serve me. So, to connect to our values, if you're sitting here listening to this thinking, I don't even know what my values are, it's fine. About a year and a half ago I didn't even consider the concept that a person could have values that guided them. So it's been a big journey for me too. Um, But I think that if we connect to our bodies, so if we start to pay attention to how our bodies feel as we move through our lives and our days, we can get a really good indication of when we are feeling in connection with something such as a value that resonates with us and when we're not. Because we will feel that resonance or that disharmony in our bodies. So what I mean by that is just pay attention to how you feel when you're doing things. So for example, if you have, say, a Christmas party that you've said yes to, so I'm recording this um, on the 1st of December, so it's the Christmas season. So say you had a Christmas party that you said yes to, and you went along, and it was on a Friday night when you had a really busy week at work, and you you said yes because you felt like you had to, like you should say yes. And you went along and when you got there, you just, everything felt wrong. Your body starts to feel kind of tense, you feel fidgety. Maybe you start to feel even annoyed or angry or you start to breathe less deeply, that kind of thing. You feel tense and wrong in the situation. Then you might when you later get home, the next day or whatever, you might pay attention to that and go, okay, why was I feeling that? And then you might break that down and say, well, actually, I think I was feeling that way because I didn't want to be there. And then you might say, okay, well, why didn't I want to be there? And then you might say, well, I had a really busy week at work and actually I just wanted to get home, put my pyjamas on, make a hot chocolate and watch Love Actually. And then you might say, okay, so why is that important to me? Why did I want to do that? And you might then say, well, because I think it's important to rest when we've had a busy time and I know that that will charge me up. And then you might go, oh, okay, so perhaps rest is one of my values. Something like that. And similarly, when you make a decision that feels really good, so say, for example, you've been invited to that party and you looked at your diary and you're like, oh, it's a really busy week at work and it's the winter, so I know that I normally feel a bit more tired, maybe and you look at your diary and you get invited to the party and you say actually thanks so much for the invite but I can't make that 
and you decide not to go. So you finish work on the Friday and you go home and you put your pyjamas on and you make your hot chocolate and you watch Love Actually and you just feel that like your whole being, your whole body, everything is just screaming yes. And that's when you're in connection, you're in resonance with something that is important to you, like a value such as rest. Or it could be a value, it could be that your value is self-care. The wording of the value and, and the actual word is going to take maybe a bit of time to figure out. But it's that sort of practice and process that can help us figure out what is important to us. And once you figure out something that's really important to you, write it down. So I have a list of my phone of my core values. And then I've got sort of secondary values as well. But I've got a list of all of those things. And that is a fluid changeable living list so if something you know you put it on to start with and then it feels wrong take it off change it always connect back to it always reconsider whether they're feeling right it's a constant process but I think that if we do those things if we start to listen and connect to our bodies more to get those cues that our bodies are giving us and if we start to allow ourselves to be guided by our values and make sure they are our own values, not somebody else's, then I think we'll be on a good path to really creating a life that feels good to us from the inside and that is purposeful and holistic for us. Because if I had really listened to the cues from myself about this whole coaching thing, I would have known a long time ago, and I probably did, know a long time ago that actually it's not quite right. If I had listened to resistance from my body, if I'd listened to that fact that I hadn't for whatever reason been able to launch my services when I said I was going to, when normally I'm pretty good at getting things done, I maybe would have had this answer a little bit sooner. There's another quote from Judith Hanson Lasseter, which I think sums this up sums up a lot of what I believe in and a lot of what I've been talking about which says uh, whatever we feel in our bodies is our truth so I'll leave you with that and thank you so much for joining me for this first episode thank you for listening to this episode of Create Shift you can find all the links and resources spoken about over on the show notes at my website being-change.com you can also go there to find out more about me, about working together and more resources on living a purposeful and holistic life. If you did enjoy the show, I would be so, so grateful if you could stop by to leave a rating and review as it helps other people who might enjoy it to find it as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so that new episodes will appear in your feed when they're ready. For season one, I'll be releasing a new episode every Friday. Until next time, 